Here we go, you guys, and welcome back to yet again another episode of the Motivation Magnet. Today is Thursday, September 24th, and you guys, today is episode number 10. Holy shit. I never thought I was going to make it here, honestly. When I started the show, I'm like, you know what? This is going to be fun. I'm going to have a ton of fun with this. We're going to do some good things, and we'll see, right? I honestly didn't know how much time and effort it would take to like actually make a decent podcast is what I like to call this. It's a lot. And I'm super happy. I'm so thankful to all of you guys for listening, uh, for sharing, for liking, for retweeting. But we're at episode 10. And you know what? We're only freaking going up. We're going to be at episode 100 before you even know it. Okay? So get ready. Episode 10. This is just a freaking beginning. Wait till we hit episode 1,000. Okay? I'm serious. We're shooting for the moon here at Motivation Magnet. And today, I couldn't think of a better guest than Matt DeLuca of the PLL Water Dogs. A, my absolute favorite team. B, my absolute favorite sport. Yeah, I love lacrosse. I love football, but I love lacrosse, and I honestly think it is going to take over the world. We talk about this a lot. NFL literally owns two days of the week. But I can tell you this. I think lacrosse is going to somehow sneak in there in these next couple years. Okay, but this is a great interview with Matt DeLuca, PLL Water Dogs. Here we go. Here we go, you guys. Today we welcome on a very special guest. I'm super excited for this. You guys know I love lacrosse. I coach lacrosse. I was defense, so I was always protecting these goalies. PLL Water Dogs, my favorite team. Shout out Water Dogs, Matt DeLuca. What's up, man? How are you? Good. How are you? It's awesome to be on. Thanks for inviting me on the show. I'm pumped to be here. Absolutely. I'm good, man. I'm good. I like I told you before, I told some of my players that you were coming on and they didn't even believe me. So you're here. This is awesome. I'm super excited. So let's dive into, you know, tell me your story. Where did you go to high school? When did you start playing lacrosse? All that good stuff. Yeah. So uh, it all started, I would say, about first or second grade, maybe even earlier, I think. Uh, my older brother played goalie, uh, brought lacrosse to my family, my parents. Uh, so I was kind of born into it. I knew I was going to play it right away. Had a stick in my hand really early on. Uh, actually started playing goalie, I believe, in second grade. I hated to run. So what's the best position that you don't have to run in? So you goalie. play goalie. <laughs> but you'd rather like you'd rather take the shots. Of the time. I would rather take a hundred mile, hundred mile an hour shot to my thigh than run a suicide or a sprint or anything of that matter. See, I always said if you play goalie, <laughs> you to be in the Secret Service, you should have to play goalie in the cross because they know you're willing to jump in front of anything. Yeah, uh, yeah. I just I hated to run. I don't know what it was from an early age, so that kind of got me uh, really. Really loving the position at that point. Uh, it really helped that I had an older brother who was uh, four years older than me playing. So I was right. learning whatever he was learning. So from a young age, I already had a jump on the position. Um, so I, I'm from Farmingdale, New York, which is a small town on Long Island, Nassau County. Uh, big, big lacrosse hotbed. Big, uh, just big the, lacrosse yeah, hotbed. Yep. So just, just the whole area, not just my town, but towns around me. Right. Um, my conference was competitive with all Division One recruits and all that. So uh, started playing goalie really young. I uh, kept with it. Uh, high school, actually, uh, my eighth grade year, uh, I had to make the tough decision to stop playing football. Uh, okay. I had a couple concussions uh, coming out of eighth grade. Uh, and my mom kind of sat me down and gave me just kind of the reality of you're not going to go play Division One football. You're most likely, if you want, get a scholarship in lacrosse. So had to give it up there, so I actually right. took up 
took up volleyball. It, uh, That's awesome, I, though. Great sport. Sister both played it. Uh, I'm tall. I'm 6'6", six, six, so I, it worked out perfectly. That helps. I grew to love it. It is just such an awesome sport to yeah, play. It, it made my footwork better, made my legs stronger from jumping. There's so much right. thing I can correlate volleyball to lacrosse, even though they're not that similar, that helped me progress as an athlete. Um, That's awesome. Give up football then. I uh, played volleyball and lacrosse throughout high school. Uh, high school was great. Uh, I was actually very, uh, very humbling and a good reality check. My freshman year, my three best friends all got brought up to varsity. I got left behind on JV. Oof. So that yeah, one so, hurts. That one hurts, but it's a reality check. Sometimes you need it. It hurts still to this day. It doesn't hurt, <laughs> it, uh, but definitely still sticks with me. I added into any time, anytime anybody asks me how I got to where I am, that's, that's something that sticks out. And right. so I was, I was left behind and I knew that I can compete at that level. And at the end of the day, it came down to numbers. Our JV had no goalies and our varsity right. would have four. I was the youngest one. So why not? But it, it was more it was playing time. You want JV, get more shots. Exactly. And there was, and that's what I say when I train kids and when I work with kids in lacrosse, there is nothing wrong with being on JV your freshman and sophomore year. Right. Yes. Which, yeah, everybody wants to compete at the at the varsity level right away. It helps. Does it help develop? Yeah, it gets you some early experience. But there's nothing wrong with getting experience on JV. Agreed. It's a good learning experience so that when you get there in just say 10th, 11th grade, when you're finally playing varsity, you have some games under your belt. So you're not you're not just panicking as a young freshman. Right. High- All right. Because now the college coaches are watching. You're playing a varsity game at a competitive level. And you, you, you don't have any experience. It's very tough on those kids. So I try, I try to teach that all the way through, that there is nothing wrong with getting a year or two under your belt, seeing shots at a high school level, getting used to the feel, getting used to going to school, and then playing lacrosse afterwards. And right. I, it does Yes, middle school, you do the same thing. High school, you do the same thing. And it gets you ready for college. That's what it comes down to. You have class all day. And then how are you going to react when you have to two-hour, three-hour practice after all that? It, get, it just gets you ready. Right. Um, so from there, I really, uh, I was very under recruited. Um, so my sophomore to junior year, I hit a big growth spurt, went from five, nine to six, four in one year. Good God. <laughs> yeah. It was a pretty painful year. Yeah. Um, seriously. You're supposed to just slept for nine, 10 hours a day. Of course. I ate an entire fridge a day. All the time. Yep. <laughs> but, uh, it was good. It, the, honestly, the JV year gave me a perfect year to, to just adapt. I was very unathletic. I was like a baby giraffe. I had right, no, you're figuring it I out. I didn't grow into my body yet. So that was a perfect year. Um, very under recruited. I went to hotbeds, the lacrosse tournament up at Delaware actually. Yep. Uh, and that's where I got recruited by them. Uh, played for my varsity team, just had a good year. And then from there, it was kind of all up from there. I started getting recruited heavier. I became a high school all American my junior year, uh, and senior year. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah. My junior year was really big in uh, the recruiting process for me. I was a top goalie in the tri-state area um, as a junior. So all the seniors below me, I was kind of getting some looks from that because they were like, oh, wow, who's this kid? Right. You're younger. Right. And that, that kind of that really projected my career and started to give me some confidence saying like, hey, I can, I can really do this thing. Um, and then uh, choosing Delaware was one of the easiest, hardest decisions I've ever made. Easiest was I took my first visit there uh, and I committed that day. Wow. I love the place that so much. Then I became a more prioritized recruit and had to open up my commitment because I started getting other offers from 
bigger schools, some top five, top three kind of programs. Like give me drop some names. Drop some names. Syracuse, Duke, Denver, all like those Shit. kind of schools. Um, and I opened back up my uh, commitment. I was I went back to uncommitted because I needed I needed to do some thinking. And back right. when the recruiting rules were what they were, I was not allowed to talk to any other coaches personally uh, if I was committed. Okay. So my high school coach would have to relay the message and I was kind of getting sick and tired of that. As a high school kid, I was jacked up to talk to coach Desco, talk to some Seriously. of the guys. I, I Syracuse up, so comes knocking like, on the door. You're like, Oh shit, exactly. back up. Well, you give me a second here. Exactly. So, uh, I got a little excited, so I had to open up my commitment. Uh, the Delaware coaches were great. Uh, very uh, open to that. Just letting me kind of feel out the playing field. Uh, but at the end of the day, I, I went back. Uh, I couldn't not go back to the people who believed in me from early on. So I uh, got looked at by Coach Schillinglaw, the, co- the old coach of the University of Delaware, back my sophomore year when I was still under-recruited. And personally, I didn't think I was very good at lacrosse then, but they saw something in me when I right. was young. And they gave me the offer first. And when I was thinking back on my process back in junior year and I was ready to sign my national letter intent, I didn't, I didn't want to go to a school that saw me late. I felt it was, I felt it was not my duty, but I felt, I felt obligated to go back to the guys who gave me that shot early on. Right. I felt right. like I'd be doing Respect. that wrong That's awesome. by yeah. not going back to somewhere where they saw me early. They believe in me. They know what, I, they know my, they know my roof. They know my ceiling, my potential. They know what I have in me. And that's, that's who I wanted to play for guys who are going to okay. be like, Hey, go out there, ball out. We have full faith. We got, we know what you could do. That's and awesome. that's kind of what led me to my decision. And I, I knew that I could compete for a four-year starting position, which at the time, graduating high school, I, I didn't like. Oh, as a kid, you don't know the pros aren't certain. That's right. a, it's like a one. That's a one percenter kind of thing. It's like especially in the cross. Many, like exactly, yeah. many athletes who play a college sport do not move on to the professional level. So at that time, I thought of it as how do I make my last four years of this sport the most worth it? And I saw that in the University of Delaware. I saw me playing four years, making sure that if I wasn't moving on to the next level, I fully enjoyed and got as yeah. much experience as possible out of my four years of college across that I could. Right. So ended up committing there and it kind of all played out from there. Had a good freshman year. I, I ended up starting midway through, uh, built a name for myself uh, throughout sophomore year, became uh, an All-American my junior year and then senior year got cut short, but was also an All-American. And then Coach uh, Coach Copeland came calling, and it was probably one of the one of the most exciting phone calls I've ever received to this day. Is is finding out that you're a pro one, you're a prospect in the PLO draft, and then the draft call when when you know your name's getting called on TV. Right, because you were eight overall, right? So I was the eighth overall pick. That's I'm gonna say it. My mom yells me. I swear that's fucking awesome. That <laughs> yeah. is awesome. Uh, it was awesome. And there was a lot of, I, I, I faced a lot of, a lot of stress at that point when all this was happening and the season got cut short and I got the email that the draft was, uh, getting cut to only 14 picks. So now Ooh, I'm thinking, myself, I didn't know that. I, that's something I didn't know. So the PLO draft, uh, the first year was, I think four rounds, 24 picks or something like that. Right. And I found out that it was going to be two rounds, 14 picks. So now I'm thinking to myself, there's 14 players in Division One lacrosse. I have to be one of those best candidates for this spot. And being a goalie, there's only one goalie on the field. So that even minimized my chances even more. Yeah. 
but yeah, Coach Copeland, uh, I was, I was, uh, I happened to face him a couple. I uh, happened to face him three, uh, three years at Delaware while he was coaching at Fairfield. So I, I got to battle against him, uh, mm-hmm. win some games against his team. So he knew what I could do. Uh, he knew a lot about my personality, a lot about my character, just from uh, being in the same college conference, competing in right, the CAA, right. which is a very, very blue collar, nose to the ground, just gritty conference. So we love really that. love shoved, that. I there was I. I mean, yeah, ACC lacrosse is great. Big Ten lacrosse is great. When you play in a conference like the CAA, it builds character. Like, it is nothing but just hard nose, good lacrosse, physical. Just every game we played, I mean, it's just, everything's a winnable game. Even in the fourth quarter with two minutes left, you can have a five-goal lead. That lead could be cut in seconds, and that's yeah. just kind of how lacrosse is played, and it's, it's awesome. I love that. That's my favorite type, man. Put your nose in the dirt and go to work. That's awesome. When you have to, when you have to, when you have to take an eight-hour bus ride or whatever it is up to UMass, and you got to play the University of Massachusetts on their field in the freezing cold of March or April, yeah. whatever it is, it, it, it builds character. And it, it, there's nothing I'd rather do than play in the CAA and play for Delaware again. Um, That's but awesome. Yeah, Coach, Coach Copeland got to see me there. Uh, chatted on the phone a couple times. Uh, he expressed his interest, and I was just grateful that uh, my name got called. Uh, it was actually awesome. I had a couple of my friends. We put it on the TV. Yeah, yeah it's not the NFL. It's not the NBA, but it's still pretty still, cool. Still, still pretty cool. To say to you're eight overall, man, like that yeah. is just something yeah. that you'll have forever. Like that's seriously yeah, awesome. It was. It was a pretty. Uh, it was a pretty awesome experience. But I have to I mean, ask. Like, I have to yeah. ask, did your three friends who got pulled up to varsity get drafted? Uh, no, they did. They did. Okay. Not. I just, I had to know. I had to know. <laughs> no, I had no, to know. They, they, they're actually, uh, two of them play at, uh, Mercy College, uh, division two school up in, uh, New York, Dobbs Ferry, New York. Very okay, competitive. Okay. They actually have one thing over me though. They did win a conference championship. I never won one. So they have that. Okay. So it's a little my, back uh, and forth, back yeah, and we'll, forth. We'll definitely have back and forth. Uh, my third all, it's competition, actually, baby. It's competition. Oh, it's, Always, especially between my friends, it's always. Um, and then my third buddy actually is the starting close defenseman for U Albany. Uh, oh wow! So he's been so starting. You did for a play with some. Yeah, he was. Good. That's a good team right good. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's very good. good yeah, he's, uh, he was an LSM close D guy for us. Did the same for them when he was younger, early on. Played LSM. Now uh, he's going back for his fifth year. Uh, he cut because it, it got our season senior year got cut right. short. Decided right. to return. And he'll he'll be one of their lockdown defensemen down low. That's awesome. Yeah. So to to go on that note, so my conference in high school uh, is pretty talented. Was me uh, coming out was me, my buddy who went to Albany, uh, Ryan Tierney played for our uh, rival high school. Uh, Matt O'Keefe played for our other rival high school. Lucas Kotler played as the midfield on Matt O'Keefe's team. With Alex Kincannon, who also plays at Johns Hopkins. <laughs> and this are just like Tuesday night games. You oh, guys are, this is on just some high school field out in New York. Yep. Out on Long Island, just high school field, probably. Uh, yeah, there's a lot. And when schools like Garden City and Manhasset play, I mean, they have, there's 22 people on the, uh, t- 20 people on the field. They got, I mean, they got almost 20 D1 commits on the field. <laughs> that's wild Uh, how many people go to those games like in the stands is it is it big when it when it's a playoff so we play our our long island playoffs our nassau county playoffs are played at hofstra their lacrosse stadium that big stadium yep yep uh i'd say probably i i can't eye it down i'd say probably close to 
five, six, seven thousand people. That's so big for lacrosse. It's yeah. I mean, those games when you play under the lights at Hofstra in high school. I mean, at the at the time being, that's the biggest thing in your life. They were the most fun. Right. I mean, people from other towns, the games I played before, parents, fans, just it's so it's it was it was an it's an unreal experience to play lacrosse growing up on Long Island just because of the history it has with it. Right. It's that's like lacrosse in America is in Long Island. Oh yeah, yeah. That's and, where it is. It was, it was awesome because, and I think uh, credit to like just my like my parents, I guess, for growing up there. I think that's what got re- me ready for D- uh, Division One lacrosse right away because I played such high level in high school that it's when, a different league. Yeah, when I when I was ready to step on the field in college, it was like, yeah, it's it's definitely faster, and these kids are definitely better. But it wasn't the biggest switch from high school because I played yeah. with so many kids that were going to do the same thing. Right. Like I feel like in Michigan, so we have our big one is Brother Rice. Right. Oh. So the guy from yeah, you got you know Brother Rice. Yeah, yeah, they're good. <laughs> yeah, like but is it this is it the same like I know Sergio Perkovich, he was there. That's the only one I think really um, came out of. Uh I think I think what's interesting now to look at is how many more schools are getting so much competitive so much more competitive at lacrosse. So back when I was in high school, they were they probably good. I'm sure with Sergio there, they were probably great. Yeah, Sergio's out here. He had a cannon. They were probably ridiculously good. And yeah. but yeah, when you compare them to the uh, MIAA in Maryland with Boys Latin, Calvert Hall, all those schools, right. and then you have you have Long Island with Garden City, Manhasset, Syosset, Mass people, all those schools. Um, yeah, they might not have competed back in the day with them, but I think now, I mean, I live in Florida and I see some of these high schools play and Florida's I mean, got I, some good lacrosse now too. And it's crazy to watch, but like I do, I think some of these schools could absolutely compete in the North. Like that Northeast is, is, is always going to be dominant. It's always going to yeah. be the because that's where the roots of the game. Like obviously the game is indigenous, comes from the natives, but the Northeast is kind of like where, where lacrosse is, is most prevalent, where it's most known. So I, I don't think the hotbed will ever move out of there, but that doesn't mean that states aren't growing at the game. I mean, you look at Texas, California, Florida. It's, the game itself is just growing massively. It's it's all and it's awesome to see because you you would have like ten years ago you would have said a high school lacrosse game in Texas you would have oof I don't they yeah, might not sure. be, they might not football be, Texas like that's yeah, what it would have been yeah catch throw but now it's like you see these schools they'll fly over to Maryland they'll fly up to New York and they'll compete with some of these schools and it's it's just awesome to see and. And that's one thing I love about playing in the PLL is obviously not this season with the bubble, but the schedule, the way it's set up, is such an awesome way to spread the game by traveling to a different city every week, it's playing so cool. in front of the fans, broadcasting it to states, cities that, that people don't know what lacrosse is and the, the terrific partnership with NBC Sports. That's like a, that's a real like that's a real network like this. is That's NBC. Time. Like there's no yeah. there's nothing bigger. Like when we took, like when we played our first game against the Atlas, like we were taking the stage on NBC. Like we were Which on is, NBC. We were on, crazy like, to think about. Yeah, there's, there's nothing, there's nothing like big, like that's, that's as big as it gets. Like Fox, NBC, like you're getting as big as TV broadcasts as you could get. So that's, that's just one thing that, that I just love about playing in the PLL is just not only our personal exposure and getting our names out there and growing the sport in that way, but growing the sport as a whole so that in 30 years, when I'm old and I look up, I could watch that. Like it becomes normal to watch lacrosse on TV. It's like, I'm, oh, it's it's Friday, Saturday, or Sunday night. Let me throw on, a, and it's summertime. Let me throw on a lacrosse game because I because I know it's going to be on. 
I my personal opinion is I think lacrosse is going to overtake football. I'm a football guy. Like I coach high school football, of course. But I I really think that lacrosse is going to take over. I and I and I, and I, I believe that too, and I really hope it so. will take a while because the NFL owns a day of the week. It's really it, it, Sunday football, like they, it's their day. exactly. And you can claim that they own Monday night too. They own Sunday and Monday. Like the yeah. NFL has their name exactly. on Sunday and Monday. Not many people exactly. own two days of the week. Exactly. And to our perspective is what helps so much is guys like Drew Brees um, that, that spread their love of the game of lacrosse. Like he was Bill Belichick. Exactly. Guys like Bill Belichick, Drew Brees. I don't know if you saw the video recently, Brandon Marshall. Do you remember him? The receiver? Yeah. I'm a Broncos fan. I remember. Look, look at, uh, it was his story. Uh, It's probably not up anymore. He was shooting on a goalie and he was saying, love learning a new sport. Can't wait to get invested or something like that. It's going to, it's going to grow big, man. It was, it was three stories that he put up and he's taking shots on a goalie and then he finally scores and he's like, love learning a new sport. It's 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 guys like that that are going to help take our sport to the next level because they have the exposure from playing football and they're getting, and they're finding the love of the game that we all have. It's awesome. It's awesome. But I have one rule. You're just not allowed to forget about me. Okay. Remember okay. the motivation <laughs> of magnet. Of course. Remember the motivation magnet. I'm so gonna, let's. I'm sure to be a reoccurring guest. <laughs> so uh, hell yes, you're going to be a reoccurring <laughs> guest. You're going to all the time. Uh, so I played NAIA lacrosse for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. So you're down in Florida. That's Kaiser, right? Have you ever heard of Kaiser? Uh, I've heard of them. I don't. I live in Miami. Are they near me? I know where they are. I just don't know where they are. I think. Oh, man. I don't know. Palm Beach. Uh, because Palm Beach. Yeah, Palm so, yeah. 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 So yeah. You're not you're like 45 minutes north of me. OK. OK. Uh, yeah. So, I yeah, no, I definitely know of that. Uh, there's some good division two and three schools down here. Tampa is good. Tampa is very good. Jacksonville, um, right? They're getting pretty good. Jacksonville's D1. That's D1. Yeah. Farther north. Yeah. No, there's some great schools. And I'm telling you, if uh, Florida or the uh, UM, like Miami, give them a division one program. I wouldn't put them outside the top twenty, outside the top twenty in Division One after two years. Who would right. not want to come down here in Florida right. weather and play lacrosse year round? All the all the we, time, you just go down all, to Miami and just go play, and then you get to go to the football games on Saturdays. Like exactly, and all of that tied in. Yes, it would be great lacrosse, and then in the fall, you get a big time football atmosphere. Football, it'd be perfect. It is if if they get a lacrosse team, U of F or Miami. Uh, I mean, it's let's start it. Let's start it. I coach high school. I'll make the jump. I'll make the jump. <laughs> I, I mean, it can't be much different, right? I run a zone. It could work. If we didn't have to fight Title IX, which is a, a very respective bill, but if we didn't have to fight Title IX, I think it could get done. I think we could do it. I think, yeah. I think we should. We should figure it out. We'll just go start <laughs> you, Miami. Yeah. You're the head coach. <laughs> and then I'll be the defensive guy. If you want the goalies too, you can have the goalies. Or do we want to bring in somebody else? I'll probably need the goalies. I'll bring. You probably in, need we'll the goalie. I mean, you're you know divi- division gonna, one all American goalie. We'll, I'm gonna, we'll see. I'm gonna want. I'm gonna want the goalies under my wing. That'll, yeah, that'll I can see it. I, I guess I got. You know what? You've earned it. You've earned it. I'll give it to you. We'll bring in the offensive guys. I know nothing. I, I know. A lot I know about, nothing about offense. I know a lot about offense because when you spend so much time scouting teams Watching and it, learning yeah. their plays and stuff, you right. just pick up. You pick up that sense and the flow of an offense. Right. I've also been very lucky. Uh, my offensive coach at the uh, University of Delaware, Coach Matt Rakowski, played at Johns Hopkins with Paul Rabel and Kyle Harrison, won a national championship from Long Island, from the next town over from me. So we had a great relationship. Um, and just, just listening and hearing him coach offense 
was I learned so much. You learn so much just, and like, uh, it was great because sometimes we'd have D film would end and then the offense would come in and, you know, you're changing in the locker room. You're just hanging out and you're just listening in, but just, just the, the freedom that he gives players and the flow of our offense and just kind of just listening to the words. Right. It's just, you learn so much so fast and you're like, wow, you know, now that I'm a goalie, if I think you get like it, that, yeah, I know, now I know where the ball's potentially going. Right. Bang. Um, now and that only helps. Head. Exactly. Yeah. So, that, so that's that why I kind of, uh, that was my sophomore year that coaching staff came in. So I kind of took it a little more serious then to kind of just not really like study it like hard. Like I still focused on defense, focused on my knowledge of playing goalie and all that, but started bringing it to my attention. Like, Hey, like if I start understanding some of this stuff, I can get a jump on it. And then now I'm kind of, now I kind of in the position where I know where the ball's going. I know where the offense wants it to be. And I know the looks that they want. So now all I have to do is put myself in the position to make the save and everything right. else is second nature at that point. I know what they're looking for. I know that fish hook is coming on the crease or whatever. So when I turn around, I'm ready to make a save at that point rather than being like, oh my God, where's what's going the in front of me? Right, right. You're kind of thinking a step forward, like a step ahead. Exactly. And, and that's I the way to do really it. Helped develop, and I think it really helped develop my game. Uh, I, think it, I think it was a crazy change once I hit the field in the PLL and realized. Wow, I thought the ball moved fast in Division One. Let's is see it in PLL. <laughs> a lot faster. <laughs> so let's let's talk about the PLL. Yeah, of course. How how was the bubble? Uh, awesome. It was. Was it? How, so like, like, walk me through it. Walk me through it. The, yeah. Obviously, you have to you walk in Corona test like every what? Yeah. So two days. Uh, so we flew in. Uh, I want to say we. What do we? We flew in on a Sunday, I believe. Okay. Flew in on a Sunday. Charter bus from the airport to the hotel. We're running every day, uh, running all day long, getting players uh, safely from the airport right. to the hotel. Get to the hotel, uh, COVID test right there, mm-hmm. and then you get and then you get put to your room with your roommate. Uh, we had a hotel completely bought out. There was no one in the hotel besides that. Right, uh, right. Was awesome. Experience. Was it a nice place? Yeah, really. Oh yeah, it was awesome. So like the NBA um, when I was here in Motel Six, nothing like that. I think that yeah no nothing like that. We had <laughs> I don't I think they were being a little dramatic. But oh yeah, also, I I 100% have, agree. I mean when you come from the houses they probably live into into a normal hotel. You normal probably, hotel like what is but, this? God yeah, no, We had a I think we were staying at like a Marriott suite. So our hotel that's, room was, That's high hotel level. Room was huge. Our hotel room was huge. We had a couch, right. we had a desk. Um so you actually took your first test and you got put in your room with your roommate for 24 hours before the test until the test results came back right so that if someone tested positive only you and your roommate would have been in contact so it's only two people instead of letting you roam the hotel and infecting everybody right right smart uh, move luckily, smart move luckily we were uh smooth sailing uh got let out of our hotel got to do some headshots got to do some cool stuff uh this was monday um and then we started two days on tuesday uh took another COVID test at the end of training camp. Um, and that was clear. That was technically clearing us to compete against another team. Another team so yeah. it was kind of done in a procedure where it was like, okay, if someone has it, they're only going to be in contact with their roommates. Now that we know nobody has it, we're going to let them go in contact with their team. If someone develops the case, if someone develops the, or like gets infected, right. then they're only, then they're only in contact with their team. So worst case scenario, we disqualify a team. And we play with instead them. of the whole thing, instead of the whole thing getting shut down at once. So it was very smart. I mean, our our head office, our front office. I mean, those guys 
uh, Rob Put a lot of time into this. Mike Rabel, Paul, even everybody that works for the front office of the PL. I mean, just so were puts, you guys all in the same hotel? Like the Water so, Dogs, Chaos, everybody it was in the same hotel. But all, until all players, coaches were in the same hotel. Um, and then our, like the camera people, our media staff, all those people were uh, at the location of our field. Okay. So our hotel was a little bit, or was like a 10 minute drive away from our facility. And right. we got coach bus there back and forth every day. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. And then when you were done with two days, you just went right into games. And then when you were done with games, were you allowed to socialize with the other team after you guys played or? Uh, yeah. So, um, once we were able to play games, we were kind of able to interact. It wasn't, it wasn't recommended. You were supposed to keep your distance, wear your mask, right. six feet, everything like that. But yes, we were, we were playing games at that point. So it was a little more lenient to where we can now interact with other players, you know, kind of hang out after games and stuff like that. Right. Um, but yeah, once we started playing games, I mean, then time really started flying by. And, uh, so once we got eliminated, they gave us the option to leave the bubble and go to a hotel next door where we were able to actually enjoy Utah. So that day I actually went with a couple of buddies on the team and one of their friends from college who lives in Salt Lake city took okay. us cliff jumping to a natural oh, really? reservoir in Utah. It was crystal clear water. I mean, just scenery that is out of like a desktop. That's awesome. Saver. Just the best. Like I'm so happy that even though it was only one day, we got to get out. We got to explore the state of Utah, see what it has to offer. And it, we went cliff jumping, swimming in this natural reserve. That's uh, so it, cool. It was perfect. It was awesome. And we got to just bond more because uh, just what we were talking about was it's like basically going somewhere, make, becoming best friends, becoming boys with these guys. And then basically being like at the peak of that, being like, oh, yeah, no, you got to go home now and not see these guys for a year. So it was like that sucks. Uh, like I literally, cause it was, it was coming up on three weeks. So we were all now like just in the groove of things. Just like now we're all like buddy. Now we're all good friends. We all right. know each other. We're vibing now. And then it's and like then done. Now we gotta go and now I got to wait a full year to see you guys again and play lacrosse with you again. <laughs> so it was, Jeez, that, was that sucks. Even because we were like, shit, we all just be, Oh, sorry for cursing. We no, all fuck it. You're good. Fuck it. You're good. I fuck became, it. You're good. And <laughs> best friends. And then we were like, yeah, and now I don't get to see you guys for a whole year. So I was like, that sucks. Right. But uh, I think I think the bubble was a great stepping stone for especially our our club, the Water Dogs. That was the first time we all played lacrosse together. As yeah. The chemi- and we built chemistry so fast because of of our success of off the field. Like uh, Brody Merrill was a team captain. Yeah. Uh, 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 Napoli, just guys like that. Drew Snyder, Connor Kelly. Guys who just kind of been around the pro game for a while, um, just kind of just just leading the way, just off the field, you know, playing cards together, eating lunch together, you know, making sure that we're spending quality time. So that time getting to know everybody, yeah. So that when we step on the field, it, you you could tell that we we care about each other. We we know our we know you each other's to. games yep. exactly, and and that's honestly that's I, that's where I think you got that's where I think the fans and the people who watch that's where you saw our success was when we were free flowing just and just playing good lacrosse and like yeah yeah we had some ups and downs we had some poor defense some poor offense at times some poor goalie play like it was it was it was tough because we were all playing for the first time together right but i think the best thing you could take away was the chemistry we were able to build 
and the potential at what you saw when our best lacrosse was played. You guys were rolling. Really good lacrosse. Yeah, you guys were it rolling. Was excellent lacrosse. And I mean, I was just pumped. So the first game I started, uh, I was pumped to get our first win as a club, uh, winning in overtime against the Chaos, who which was a wild game, phenomenal team. Yeah, yeah. And just playing in that game against Blaze, who's just so good. Oh my god. And gosh. just being like, wow, we're just battling back and forth, and just man, he makes so many saves sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to win and getting that first win under our belt as a as a team, it re- really did help. I mean, it was such like a. You could breathe again. It was like right. we went zero and two, and now we're like, oh wow, like we're back. Let's, we're back. We don't we don't want to we don't want to fall down this road. Even though everybody made the playoffs, so it wasn't a huge deal. But it was like it puts a lot of stress on you when you when you start it losing does. games. Like that. Even though it didn't matter, and we were going to make the playoffs anyway. No one wants to be the last seed. You want to put no. yourself in a good position, right, to excel in the playoffs. And and then I think that win really really gave us something to believe in. And and I was I was so pumped to be a part of that. So you had a 58% save average, right? And is that that just in playoffs or is that in the whole thing? I think that was in the whole thing. So I only got to play two games. So uh, Charlie Cipriano was starting. Uh, I believe he started our first, second, and then third. I came in at the end of the Chrome game, our third game. Mm -hmm. So we were out. Sorry, we were actually 0-3, not 0-2. So so we were coming up on that last game against the Chaos. So he started. uh, He took a shot to the peck. Um, just not next to his pad, like not on his padding, just straight to the ribs. Oh, uh, yeah, it did, yeah, it was bothering him. So, uh, I came in at the end of the Chrome game. Uh, we made it a ridiculous run, came back yep. from like nine goals down or whatever it was. Which is, then, that's uh, my favorite part about lacrosse is that you can be, I try and tell my kids this all the time, like guys, it doesn't matter if we're, we're down by nine, we can turn this around like six, four minutes, like four to six minutes. I think it was 13 to three when I came in the game and we lost. 13 11 or 13 12 <laughs> it's just it's so fast and that's what people get it's like boom boom with like 11 minutes left so we scored that many goals in 11 minutes it's crazy so it was, it's such yeah, a, it, was it's, awesome. it, it, it is awesome i mean personally i think that if you have a good face-off guy it yeah. is just night and day like that it turns it turns it changes the game Absolutely. And I think, um, so we actually did. I love our, our, our dual headed dragon with Jake wizard, uh, Drake, Jake withers, not wizard, even though he's a wizard. Face <laughs> um, he's the one with the long blonde hair, right? No, no, no. That's Connor for, uh, no, he's the Chrome face off guy. He's a Chrome. Okay. That's where I'm he is getting mixed up. Yeah, yeah. Guys are stunned. Now our guy is Jake withers and, uh, drew Semino, just two, two guys that just really battled out there for us and really helped. Um, I think it, like you said, it's a huge, huge oh. momentum builder swing. It, it can kill momentum. It can grow momentum. Right. It's such an important position, and that's why they call it like specialties is goalies and faceoffs. Like it's a specialty position. Like it matters. Your success or failure, it matters to your teams. It matters. Yeah. Um, yeah. There was times in college where we, like, we were even playing forty minutes of defense. Like we were, right. we had if some. If you're not winning faceoffs, you're on defense the whole time whole time and and it puts a lot of pressure on your defense and goalie because then they start thinking we need to stop um to to generate offense but i mean we had some great face-off guys at the university of delaware some great face-off guys now in the, uh, the PLO with the water dogs so you're right it's a very it's a very influential position on the game and i think that's why you see the NCAA trying to come at it with these rules and these regulations and these right because if you win face-offs you're, you're winning games 
And exactly, but at the and like and and I don't think there's people who say you should take the face off out of the game. It's ruining the game. Listen, I don't believe that at all. I don't believe that at I all. I think and it's a part of the changing. game. Exactly, it's a part of the game. And honestly, good for those kids who dominate. They worked hard. Right, to get you're they winning deserve, the game. That's the whole point. You deserve to if you work that hard to get that good at it, you deserve right. to dominate. And nobody it's, can beat you. It's not, Sucks for the other guy. Exactly. So why? Yeah, exactly. So why is it TD Erland's fault that he's going eighty percent? It's not his fault. He worked he's that just hard. Too he's damn that good. good. Like that's exactly. It's be not be better. Find somebody exactly. to be better. Exactly. And I don't. I don't really see. And now they're making them. So this season, if the season goes on, the new rule is that they have to stand up. They can no longer go on a knee. I know. We're doing that so in high my, school too. So my thing is, is okay. Yes, that makes it a little harder and changes the game a little bit. But, but people are going to find harder, a way to do it. Exactly. And if it's harder on TD Erlin, it's going to be harder on the next guy. <laughs> so he's already that much better. It's right. just, yeah. It does it, does it maybe not make him worse, but does it, does it make his game different? Yeah. But does it make the next guy's game different? Yeah, it does. So right. it's like, why change the way, why change what they do just because one or two guys have had really good success. Like, I don't think it's ruining the game. Like, no, I think, I think, I think they're doing the other rule changes that they make the shot clock and all that. I think those improve the game because it increases, I like that. It increases the speed of the game. It limits at the end of the game, teams just sitting in a corner, holding the ball. It yeah. eliminates the part of the games. The face off is just to take away from kids dominating, which is tough. To face off is part of the game. Exactly. You're so good at your job. Why are you get right. penalized? Why are you going to, that doesn't make, it makes no uh, sense to me. Yeah. It's, it makes no sense. So, I mean, I really hope they stop, they stop messing with it, but it's going to be a, it's going to be a touchy subject until they find a happy medium between right. kids playing really well. But like you said, it, it does, it does win or it can win or lose game for teams. Oh so I think that's where their mindset is at is how do we make the game even and not so dominant just because one guy is so good. How do we make it a fair playing field? But at the end of the day, like, we're 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 on scholarship. We're any at the professional level. You're a paid athlete. We're we're doing we're the best doing of the best. Supposed to be the best of our best. If we're dominating, that's that's what we're that's what we're that's doing. what you're that's paid what to do. <laughs> so it's like, so I don't think they're going to make the changes in the PLL. I mean, the face-off battles that you have in the PLL are just so 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 dominant. Awesome. Just so. Just like yeah, it's just nobody. Yeah, does Trevor Baptiste have a have a good game? Absolutely. But you saw in the bubble, like teams were able to get after him even. So it's right. like, well, I don't think we'll we'll touch the face off game or the rules because it's so even. Because at the end of the day, these guys were the best of the best in college, and now they're going against the best of the best. That's why it's so even. There's always going to so, be somebody that comes in that's going to be better. Exactly. So it, it's tough to say with the face off game, but. Uh, you know, they're making the changes in college. Hopefully it works out. I, right. that's one thing I love watching college cross. I watched, even when I was playing last year and the years prior after our game, I like on our bus rides home, I, I try and throw on a game just to watch. Cause it, it's, I love it's college across so much fun to watch. It is. Mm-hmm. It's such an under, like underappreciated game. I feel like absolutely Dude, if you can, like just awesome game catching an unreal, like just good battled game there. It's such, it's, and just some of these kids, they're just so many good players nowadays that it's just so Freak awesome. Freak athletes. Yeah, it's not like like all credit to Gary Gate and them, but it's it's these teams have like like three or four just dominant players. Like you see Penn State, Grant Ament, Mac O'Keefe, Nick Cardiel on defense, Chris Sabia on defense, like Tommy Wright on defense. Like there's um, 
the face-off guy, Gerard Arceri, like they're all a, studs. That's a team stacked with very good players. Like it's good not, job for the coaches for recruiting. Like that's the whole point of a sport. You play and compete. It's not, and that's what I love about lacrosse now is so many teams have so many good players. It's not like you're watching one guy handle the ball, one guy score all the goals. It's all six offensive guys and defensive guys, like seven with the goalie. It's everybody uh, contributing and playing that part. Right. And you just see such a more spaced out uh, level of talent. Yes. Do do you have some kids like Grant Ament that just are still star studded on a star studded team? Yeah. And those kids are like those kids work very hard at what they do and they deserve to be that that standout guy. But you look at the, the the twos and the threes on the midfield line and they're still just playing at such a high level. There's no it's there's just, hardly any drop off. Exactly. And it, and that that's what makes lacrosse so awesome. It's just like it's just so fast paced, but there's no drop off. So it's so nice. to right. watch. No, I love it. I love it. So I got a question for you. OK, I told my players you were coming on the show. If you had any advice to those players or any high school player, or college player listening, what would it be? Um, yeah, for sure. So one thing is never take a coach's, uh, criticism too personally. Uh, for me as a goalie, um, every, most of my coaches growing up and I know most coaches out there, everybody thinks they could be a goalie coach. Everybody thinks they have what it takes to be a goalie coach. Step to the ball, step to the ball, man. Exactly. There are some very very general terms used when coaches think they are a goalie coach as a goalie, especially, but even as a player. T- take that information, learn from it, grow from it, but never beat yourself up from it. Never, never take that criticism into your next day. When you, when you that. go and, and you get yelled at or you get criticized, never, never let that compile into a day to two days. So our biggest philosophy at Delaware is, you know, make, make that one mistake. Okay. Never let it compile into three, four, five mistakes, grow from it, learn from it and move on from it. You're like coaches, coaches don't mean it when they yell at you. They're trying to make you better. So right. never, never let that one mistake turn into like one missed ground ball. You get yelled at for not getting your backhand down. Now don't go down the field and turn the ball over, then not get back on defense, then go off sides and let that trip. Right. right. I would say just, just kind of stick with it, you know, learn, grow from what coaches say, grow from that criticism, but never let it compile. And then on another note, I, um, I would just say is, is consistency. Making sure that your game is consistent as possible will make you noticed as a high school and Division One lacrosse player. I, I I've that. prided myself on consistency for forever. It's I was in a small town, not a small town high school, but not the biggest high school on Long Island, not the most well known for lacrosse. I went to the University of Delaware with a goal to put the University of Delaware back on the map where Curtis Dixon had it, where John Grant Jr. had it. And I believe I, I came pretty close to that, if not did it. And I'm glad that, like, when I look back now and see Charlie Kitchen playing, like, my classmate, Car- Charlie Kitchen, who went back for his six, fifth year, like, we just see – who just got drafted to the NLL as well. Like, we, we see the game growing, and we, we're trying to bring that attention back. I love and that. it all started – it all starts with consistency. Yeah, I went – I didn't go to Syracuse. I didn't go to Duke. I didn't go to Johns Hopkins. So when you see my name pop up and you see University of Delaware, it's kind of like, oh, what? Like, who? Like, where is that? What is that? Right. And I'm okay with that because I spent four years of my college career saving 55 to 63% of the balls all four years. I was consistent at that. And that's what stood out. How does a kid from Delaware get drafted to the, uh, the highest level of lacrosse by being consistent? Like consistency is something that I think if you take personally, 
it can grow your development in anything you do real life. If you're like consistent with your job, consistent with anything, consistency right. is just so crucial because it builds one, it builds trust with your authority, your authoritative figures, your coaches, your bosses, anything it lets you know. And it means you're accountable. It means that you're going to get the job done every time you're asked for it. That's and right. That's, that's right. So factor of life being reliable and being accountable. So I think, some like, yeah, the flashy behind the back plays are great. All that flashy stuff is great. But if you can sit down and play and be consistent every day you show up, I think that's one of the most important things that, that you could do in life and in sports. I love that. that that's some great advice. And I'm going to make, I really, I've never really thought a lot about consistency, right? It's just the one word of like, if yeah. you're going to be something, be consistent. But now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, consistently pick up that ground ball consistently yeah. don't drop a pass and trust me as a high school coach i deal with a lot of being yeah. able to just catch and throw mm-hmm. so that's awesome i'm gonna i'm gonna yeah. harp on consistency now yeah and, and it really and it really helps because what what comes with the benefit what benefits from consistency is confidence and when you start playing confident you start playing a whole different level of your game amen when you amen. when you make that jump to like when i so when i when i get in that and i I maybe make the first save or the first two saves and now I'm seeing a beach ball and I'm confident because I'm playing, right. I'm playing well. My, like, it's, it's, it's tough to say because when you say consistency, you know, you say like you should play at the same level no matter what. And yeah, that's true. But everybody knows what confidence does to a, an athlete's game. It elevates it. No matter Turns what. it up to a whole new level. Turns it up to a whole nother level. And that's, and that's something that I believe is like a benefit of consistency is when you show up every day and you're consistent you start to build that that confidence in you where you're like, oh, that, that guy's shooting on me. I made this save yesterday. Why not make it today? Make the right. save, go up and out, and you're like, wow, I could do this easy. And then you start getting into that rhythm. And I think consistency is really the start of it. It starts with the basics in practice, your warm-ups, your footwork, your hand, hand-eye coordination drills. Get consistent with that. Then get consistent with live action shots. And then just start building, building, building. And then all, all of a sudden you're like, wow, I'm pretty confident no matter where this guy shoots it. You make a save and now you're, now you're playing, now you're playing with house money. Now it's all confidence. And now you're playing a different kind of game. I love that. Consistency leads to confidence. That's great. I'm serious. I'm stealing that. I'm going to harp on it. Yeah. It's, it's something that it's something that I've kind of, I've kind of just relied on. It's just like when you can, when, like I said, like when you could play consistent, it it builds, it builds trust in yourself. When you look Mm -hmm. back at, at who you are, like, when I, when I get lit up, when I let in three or four goals in a row right. and I'm thinking to myself, wow, I'm, I'm getting shelled right now. And that, that negative voice in your head that everybody has starts to trickle in. Then that's when that confidence and that consistency comes in. Be like, I, d- I do this every day. I right. know what I'm doing. You take a deep breath. Uh, coach DeLuca, my head coach at Delaware, gave me a, gl- uh, a, great, a great quote in my senior year when I was struggling a little bit uh, early on. I just happened to get shelled. And we went with the motto of one and zero. And for a team, you know, just one goal on the board. But personally, as a goalie, it was me, me battling the shooter, me versus the shooter. He shoots it; it either goes in or it doesn't. Someone goes up one and zero, but it's never two and zero. It's never three and zero. It's never four and zero. You never get too far ahead of the game. You keep it simple mentally, and it's always one and zero. I made make the save, and we go up and out. I'm one and zero on that shooter. Resets right away when that offense gets the possession again. It never, it never, it keeps you in the moment. It keeps you right there. It just, it keeps you, it keeps you mentally stable because you can never get, you can never ride the wave too high, and you can right. never ride the wave too low because you're only thinking of the next play. 
I love that. That is some absolutely fantastic advice. I'm even trying to like process it right now. I'm like, all right, listen, how am I going to steal this advice right out from them and use it? That's seriously so awesome. Okay, so final question. We have we love country music on the show. We love all types of music. Uh, we have a lot of country people that come on the show. What kind of music are you just jamming to right now? Your favorite song, favorite album, what is it? Okay, so it's tough. I go through mood swings of music. I love okay. I love all types. I'm a big right. all types. Um, I would say right now, actually, I just got back into the swing of country. You know, it's it's coming up. It's fall time. You're getting it's fall I time. Had, it's I perfect had, time. Had, it's hunting season. It's had, everything. Fall colors. I had my I had my house music summer. You know, I get it. Right. Uh, yeah. Vibe music. beach season. Oh <laughs> my god. Yep. Yeah. Get into a little bit of hip hop, a little bit of rap, a little bit of house in the summertime. Yep. Day drinking and all that, but actually yep. today I will not not even lie. That's a weird question because today is I, I was in my car driving and I kind of made that switch. I was like, you know what? Today I'm going to throw on some country music. Yeah, uh, actually. Uh, so favorite favorite artist is definitely uh, Luke Combs. I would say everybody love him. Uh, yeah, everybody. you can't just not. Uh, nope. Big uh, Big Morgan. I like Morgan Wallen. Like oh, uh, I'm trying to get him on the show. I'm going to DM him every single day. Oh, that on. So that'd actually be pretty sick. <laughs> yeah, I'm a DM every I single read, day. I don't even care. Yeah, every single day, I'm actually, a student DM talking about. I, I heard this. Uh, I heard this song today for the first time, and it's actually growing on me. It's called "One Big Country Song" by Low Cash. Huge, huge fan of Low Cash. So, quick story. Uh, yeah. I was at a Low Cash concert, and yeah. all of a sudden, I'm in like the VIP upper level, and then I look <laughs> my right, and Low Cash is standing right next to me. Oh, shit. I have this like <laughs> video nice. of him, like him and I like a <laughs> selfie video, yeah. chugging a beer and him singing a song like right into the camera. It was wild, so, wild. I love yeah, Loki. So I heard that song for the first time today, and I think it's gonna be, I think it's gonna be a mandatory. Be uh, well, yeah. yeah, it's gonna be once I get in the car, that'll be played first. I love uh, it. I, I will love say it. the last couple of weeks, though, laugh, uh, laugh now, cry later with Drake was just yeah, oh, that was God. a fire that song. Yeah. That song is just. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I would say. If I go like every every artist, all genres of music, I, I'm putting. I, I think I have to put Drake up top. So I Drake on number one. You, I, I can listen to on Spotify when you go. This is Drake Radio. I'll shuffle yep. that thing and I could be fine for eight hours. There's nothing that's I won't. Listen to. <laughs> that's the station. <laughs> so, that's the station. Yeah, that's the station. But uh, I do like to switch it up. Um, yeah, I do love switching it up. Just kind of the mood I'm feeling, or just it's uh, the mood, the mood man. Of, you yeah, do what feels mood. right. Do what feels exactly. right. Exactly. But uh, I will say that that new low cash song is, is probably going to be a favorite of mine That's coming up. Awesome. Awesome. All right. I appreciate you coming on the show. This was tons of fun. Yeah, of like course. I said before, now I forget about the motivation magnet. Of now course. I forget. I'll, I'll, I'll be certain to be a reoccurring guest. You let me know. So when, when I show wait. up at the PLL game, I'm going to DM <laughs> you before and be like, Hey man, I'm here. Just, yeah. Just let me know. I'll definitely be there. We'll see if we can get you some water dog swag. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Awesome, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, I'd love to be a reoccurring guest. Whenever you real question is whenever you got free time, I'll come back on with oh, all these dude, all these big me. guests you're getting. <laughs> I have free time. I all the time. I'm like, who wants to come on the show? It's like a date. Like I, this episode drops tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, so I'll be up tonight, like like yeah, doing this and, and editing it. Nice. So that's what happens. Matt, this is awesome. Thanks, man. Yeah, thanks for uh, having me on. Can't wait to come on again. And just uh, just thanks to you guys. Thanks for the fans listening. Uh, go out and watch lacrosse. I know you're a lacrosse Amen. podcast. Go out, grow the sport. It's great for everybody. Uh, and go Water Dogs, baby. Go Water Dogs. I love it. Huge shout out to Matt for coming on the show. Uh, I think we learned a ton of awesome stuff there. Consistency. 
right? I wanted to just dabble a little bit into that. It's all about doing the little things, right? Like how he was talking about, you know, consistency builds to confidence. And for an athlete or for anybody, you know, doing those little things right and doing it over and over and over and over again to perfect it, to know that, hey, when shit hits the fan, you have something that you can rely on so you can go back on all of that stuff that you've done, you were consistent with, you did it hundreds of times, done it right, that when it hits the fan, you're confident in that. You have the skills to back it up, okay? So consistency, I really like how we said that. Uh, I think we're going to talk a lot more about that soon. Uh, so seriously, huge shout out to Matt for coming on the show. Tons of fun. Shout out Water Dogs. I heard something, a little whisper about uh, a little merch for you guys' favorite podcast host. Don't know if it's coming. I hope it does. But uh, again, huge shout out to Matt. That was tons of fun. All right, let's talk a little bit about the show, what's coming up, you know, good stuff like that. Okay, I have some big news to share that in-person interviews are going to be occurring soon. That's right. In-person interviews are going to be happening. Holy shit, am I excited to get off of Skype. Don't get me wrong. These have been some absolutely fantastic interviews, but you guys don't see the little behind-the-scenes stuff that happens. Oop. It clicks. Oop. It dropped off connection. Oop. I can't hear you. Oop. I can't see you. All that stuff, okay? So to be able to just be in person with some people is really going to be so much fun. So that's coming next. Uh, Look forward to that. I'll keep sharing more about that. Again, follow me on the Instagram page at the underscore motivation underscore magnet underscore. Give it a follow. Again, motivational stuff's going to be up there all the time. Just good stuff to make you laugh, right, guys? We scroll through our feeds, and there's some stuff on there that just brings you down. I'm going to post shit that brings you right back up. Time for the five daily reminders as we wrap up the show. Number one, you are amazing. You are amazing. Know that. Live that. Number two, you can achieve anything, and you will achieve anything that you set your mind to, okay? Seriously. If you can dream it, baby, you can achieve it. Know that. If you want to do something, go do it. Life is too damn short to not do it, okay? Go do it. Live your dreams. Three, positivity is a choice. Make the right choice. Stress is going to hit all of us. It is going to bring your mood down. Be positive. It will only help with all of the situations that you are in, okay? It's not an easy choice to always be positive, but it's the right choice, okay? So be positive. Number four, your limitations are only in your imagination. Do not set limitations on yourself. They're not real. Number five, don't settle for anything, period, okay? Know your worth, and that worth is tremendous, okay? Love it. Love yourself. Love each other, okay? We got this, you guys. We're going to get through all of this. We're going to get through all of this, and we are going to continue on bringing people up, bringing people together, and loving each other, okay? Thanks for that episode number 10. Thanks for all the good shows. And guess what, you guys? We're only getting better, and we're only going to get bigger, okay? You guys are awesome. Thanks for listening. Cheers. Cheers.